Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Dr. Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 diddly D. Hell yeah, man. It's Dr. Fuck, Dr. Drunk, and with me is... Oh, yeah! Oh, I can't do it. It doesn't sound... It doesn't sound good when I'm I'm, I'm clicking a fucking glass full of Jack Daniels and Coke. Hey, but I'm, I'm, I'm hitting it in the can. Yeah, I heard you like it in the can. <laughs> Your mama does. Yeah, well, that goes without <laughs> saying, bro. Water's wet. Hey, you know, let me tell you something. This is the first time ever I drank Jack and Coke during the podcast. I'm not yes, supposed sir. to be drinking Coca-Cola because of my health issues, but I've been so fucking kick-ass with my whole healthy regimen. What the fuck? Why not fucking drink a little Coke and then, like, tomorrow I'll deal with it. I, I, we should have recorded this in 2017. I'm scared. <laughs> oh, that's right. There's, uh, well... This is going to be airing in 2017, but we are only two days shy of 2017 as we record this. Yeah, good thing we suck because 2016 is taking all, all, all the good people because Sammy Hagar is still alive. That's true, but you know, you do have your exceptions. Fidel Castro! Hey. Yeah! Grim Reaper finally got it right this year. Anyway, fucking, uh, I am drinking my Jack and Coke, and this is something that we planned. Yes. I wasn't planning on drinking Jack and Coke, but this, this is why I'm drinking Jack and Coke. Because Ian, I, yes, said, I said, dude, I want to get drunk on a Friday episode and do Def Leppard High and Dry. And yes, Ian's sir. Like, Ian's like, all right, cool. So then last night, during the Dr. Fuck show, I was sober. Though my whole band was here drinking like fishes. But the reason I was sober last night was for tonight. And I had all this beer set up for today. What kind of beer were you going to drink? Uh, I got a cup. Oh, what's it called? God damn it. I, I don't know. They left a lot of beer behind. And I also have M still likes. Oh. Something, how many, z- how some, many Zimas? No Zimas, dude. This is Thrash or Die, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I saw you got a chick keyboard player. I saw the picture. Chick keyboard player. That's my buddy Karen. She plays okay guitar. Me and her were right jamming on. a guitar last night. Me and her were right doing out. a duet. And uh, and and just to dispel the myth of Dr. Fuck, that is a girl I am not having sex with. You heard me right. She's just a good buddy of mine that... Uh, I think she's a sweet chick, and she comes by, and we just hang. She's done the Dr. Fuck show three weeks in a row. And I just like hanging out with her. Man, it's not all about pussy with me. But then hey, well, then again, that girl looked 20. That's a little old for you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, but also, uh, it also helps when I have sex before she gets here. I'm not all pent up. But um, anyway, anyway so, um, so I, told, I called in early today. So what time do you want to do this shit so I can start drinking my beer? And Ian said, you know, like 7.30 or something. And yeah, I'm going to drink whiskey. And then that got me thinking. I said, fucking, you know what, man? I got a bottle of Jack here that's only been drank by Alex Marquez. 
I have like the, the plus size bottle, you know? And right. Marquez did polish over half of it, but believe me, I don't need I don't need that much to get I'm fucked up now and I'm only I'm I just started my third drink. And boy is my third drink stiff. And um so fuck it. If Ian's gonna drink whiskey, fuck it. I'm gonna drink whiskey too. Let's make a good day. and also New Year's Eve is tomorrow and I have to work. So I wanted to celebrate New Year's Eve with my buddies last night and with Ian today. Yes. And then hopefully if everything goes as planned, I'm gonna pass the fuck out in a drunken super. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And hopefully it's all on audio again. <laughs> no, I don't wanna puke though. I don't wanna end up. I, I did plan everything fine, so I did have my, my tilapia dinner a good hour and 15 minutes before I started drinking. Break so, the tank! Break the tank! So I could get my, my, my stomach all digested and ready to go. And as I was drinking, I was uh, making fun of Justin Childers, uh, saying how uh, Paul Stanley's an amazing frontman. Uh. People! <laughs> you know, Eric Carr may look like a boy, but he's built like a man. Oh, yeah! yeah. I hear some people like to do podcasts on Roland Rock and Jack Daniels. I heard, I heard people out there like to stay in the closet. I'm like you people. My shit's a walk-in. I heard some people like to drink man cum. Oh yeah, I was I was sucking somebody off backstage before, and he said, "Paul, is your throat have any back to it?" And I'm like, "Keep going!" Oh yeah! Whoa, 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 whoa! And let me tell you something: that guy not only looked like a man, but he was built like a man. Oh yeah, a goo. <laughs> Oh, oh this is gonna be good. This yeah. is gonna be a good one. <laughs> oh man, I'm feeling it now. You know, seriously, dude. Paul Stanley. Uh, you know, okay. I think we both can agree. Paul Stanley in his prime was badass. I mean, what a voice on the guy. I'm a huge fan of kids. And I think. Oh look, this is my my ringtone for Alex. This is. Wiki, 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 wiki. Oh, he, sh- he hung. No, no, he didn't hang up. Give me one second. Let me put him on speakerphone. Okay. All right. Ah, oh, yay. Hey, I was talking to someone backstage before. No. <laughs> hey, hey, Alex, I'm doing my podcast. Please do your Paul Stanley. Please do your Paul Stanley impression for everybody, please. Do Paul Stanley? Yes, please. Let me tell you something, people. <laughs> All right, so please, Alex, you're, you are live on the podcast now. Can you do your little what Paul Stanley says about Eric Carr on the Animal Eyes album? <laughs> Eric Carr on the drums! You know, Eric may look like a little boy, but he's built like a man. <laughs> I know many a girl who want to take Eric home and murder him. <laughs> how, about, how about one more request and I'll let you go. When 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 uh Paul Stanley meets the girl in the airport that was with Gene and the baby, do that one. This girl comes walking up to me and goes to me. I like to see Gene, and I go, well, you want with Gene? And he goes, 
This is his baby. That ain't Gene's baby. <laughs> but Detroit, between you and me, that baby has the longest fucking tongue I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> You rule, dude. You fucking rule, Alex, brother. Wiki, wiki, wiki. No, t- last night was fucking a blast, bro. Yeah, dude. I took a picture of all the alcohol you guys left behind. It's pretty, pretty amazing. Oh my god. Oh, you gotta send me that. I, I don't remember. Yeah, it's a, it's it's on my Facebook. Uh, go on my wall. You'll see it. Yeah, he's right here, but wiki, he, wiki, wiki. What's he, up, Alex? he hears you fine, but the thing is, I'm on headphones, so you can't hear him. All right, so hey, man, happy new year. Drink one, drink one for me, brother. Uh, don't worry, he's gonna drink one for all of us. Don't worry about it. I know he is. I know he is. All right, Alex, love you, brother. Later, man. Awesome. That's Alex Marquez, everybody, the greatest drummer on the planet, and what a Paul Stanley impression. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and you thought this wasn't going to be a two-hour episode. We haven't even discussed the band we're reviewing yet. Oh, let me take another shot. This is for Alex Marquez. I love that guy. There we go. Wiggy, wiggy, wiggy. Anyway, so fucking, uh, yeah, we're going to review Def Leppard's High and Dry. What many consider their best album. Yeah, maybe I agree. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so what I want to talk about is, uh, well, you want to talk about when you first discovered it or should I? Go ahead. All right. I was a big Def Leppard fan from the get-go. I mean, from uh, On Through the Night, first time I heard Rock Brigade on the radio back then. I ran out and bought the album and I wore it out like crazy. And I fucking, that was like my, I'm telling you, no band back then in 1980, I wanted to see more than Def Leppard. Or well, okay, Iron Maiden too, those two. Well, Judas Priest as well. But you know, as far as bands that came out in 80, those were my two top favorite bands, my two top favorite albums from new bands, you know, cause you know, you had your Heavens and Hell and British Steel. Anyway, so, uh, and Def Leppard were touring the States with Ted Nugent and Pat Travers, but it didn't come down here. And I was like, oh man, I want to see Def Leppard so bad. And then like a year later, and I, I, I know I said this before on the podcast, on whatever Def Leppard album we reviewed before. What was it? I'm Through the Night, right? I'm Through the Night, yes sir. Well, the, when, when High and Dry first came out, you know, I mean, back then we didn't have internet or no, nothing to give me a hint that Def Leppard had a new album coming out. You didn't have fucking Atari. Yeah, Atari didn't have no Def Leppard news. <laughs> it was all about Devo. So, oops. So I fucking, uh, 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 the radio. The radio was like, the guy on the radio was like, coming up, we got brand new Def Leppard. I was like, woo, Def Leppard, man. They got a new album. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, um. I heard Def Leppard's got a new song on the radio. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I'm like, oh my God, new Def Leppard. So when they came back from the air, here's some new Def Leppard, and they played Let It Go. And I was like, holy fuck, they got rid of Joe Elliott. 
Because that didn't sound nothing like Joe Elliott at all. It sounded like, you know, like a more of a Brian Johnson type. But I still dug it. I was like, fuck, man. I was kind of depressed it got rid of Joe Elliott, but I was like, fuck it, you know. It still rocks, I'll go get it, you know. And then when I got get, when I went to go get it, I was pleasantly and shockingly surprised that Joe Elliott was still in the band. I was like, holy fuck. He totally changed his vocal style. Man. And then that year, man, I was so into Def Leppard that, and you know, my favorite band of all time, Black Sabbath. And Blizzard of Oz came out. And, I, you know, Blizzard of Oz was fairly, I mean, it took me a while to get it. But I got it. And once I got it, I I didn't have it as long as High and Dry. So then when I heard Def Leppard was coming, opening for Ozzy, I was more excited to see Def Leppard, to tell you the truth. But I loved the Blizzard of Oz album. I was like, fuck, man, two for one, you know? So I got there super early. Oh, man, Def Leppard. And I snuck all the way up front. I was smack in front of fucking Pete Willis. Back in the day, it was so easy to sneak up front row. All you had to do is get a little white out, and, and like if you had 20th row, just fucking erase the zero, and you got second row with 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 uh, with liquid paper. And then you wait till the lights go down, and then you go up to the security guard with the, with the flashlight, and he's, you know, melee's going on all over the place. So, yeah, yeah, go ahead. So I'm smack in front of fucking Pete Willis. I even got front and be in front of second row. I was actually against the fucking wall. Because in front of front row, there's like a group of people. And there I am, dude. Def Leppard came out and fucking destroyed. Definitely the best time I ever saw Def Leppard. Is it true that you were standing on the floor and people, this was on the stage and you were still taller than him? It was true, man. I had to look down and see him play. It was awesome. <laughs> he was bitching he couldn't see the crowd for you. Hell yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was obstructing his view. <laughs> and yeah, these are all teenagers at the time, or maybe they, just, you know, just uh, twenty. I know Rick Allen was still a teenager, and you know, so was his arm. And uh, and fucking and uh, they they came out. I mean, they came out blazing, dude. They opened the show with the song "On Through the Night," and then they played "Rock Brigade," "Wasted," "It Could Be You," um, "High and Dry." Uh, uh, I'll go into all the songs they played when we go through the songs. And then, of course, Ozzy came out, and I didn't know who Randy Rhodes was, and there I am, smack in front of Randy Rhodes with my jaw on the ground. And I gotta admit, man, I can't say Def Leppard upstage uh, Ozzy at all. I mean, and Ozzy. You're like, what is this, midget night? Exactly. Everybody's a midget? Yep. And, and fucking Ozzy ruled. Ozzy was in great form that night, sounded great. And uh, yeah, they were just, and, you know, Randy, of course. And uh, I left the show like, like, I mean, I was already a big fan of Def Leppard, but I left that show going, oh my God, Ozzy, that guitar player. I didn't even know Randy Rhodes' name at the time. You know, I was like, fuck, that guitar player of Ozzy. But, you know, besides Ozzy. Uh, huge fan of this album, and it has aged so well. And then when I hear people say, oh, High and Dry is my favorite album, I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, buddy. Fuck yeah, Skippy. I gotta agree with you there, bro. I mean, even though, Ozzy of the Night is, I guess, very special to me because it was my first Def Leppard. I knew it before High and Dry. But man, I, you know, High and Dry is just so good. It's so good from beginning to fucking end. It's a solid album. You know, if I was, I, I could tell you what my least favorite song is on it, but my least favorite song still fucking rules. Uh, and, uh, and they played it that night. Uh, but, yeah, man. Big Def Leppard fan. And then, 
Uh, Pyromania came out like two years later, which seemed like an eternity. And uh, and I was really into that album as well. Big Def Leppard fan up to that point, up to Pyromania. Love that man. And uh, that's my introduction to High and Dry and Def Leppard. All right. Well, man, uh, my, my first uh, Def Leppard album was Adrenalize. And I was like, man, this do you want to get rock shit is hot. And, uh, you know, years later, uh, I heard they had other albums. So I checked that out. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that you got into them when you want to get rocked. I'm kidding. Uh, oh, what are you talking uh, about? You're kidding. I mean, I, I find that easy to believe. I know your, you with do. With your fucking history. I know you do. What was it? Uh, hysteria? Oh, hell oh. no. Oh, hell no. I was all about fucking pyromania. Yeah. But uh, but I, I knew nothing of uh, of On Through the Night. You're like short. Or hi, hi, High and Dry. You're like the Hogan's Heroes. Till Hysteria. And uh, I, I remember, like, I was so excited about Hysteria coming out, you know, because I love uh, pyromania so much. And... Uh, and then I got it, and I hated it, except for Women. Women was the only song I liked, and I went to this record store I hung out at every day after school. And uh, and I, I, I just went there the next day bitching about it. I'm like, oh, it's terrible, it's terrible. And uh, I'm, I'm like, it's no pyromania. And the guy was like, fuck pyromania. He goes, it's no high and dry. I'm like, huh? And he's like, that's the one you need to check out. You fuck know that he, guy. And he, he told me that was the one, you know, before Pyromania and shit. And, uh, yeah, because Pyromania was so successful. Py- Pyromania's a solid album. If it didn't do shit, he would be saying, yeah, Pyromania and High and Dry, he'll love them both. But it's, since it was such a big hit, you know, it taints people because fuck people, well, dude. Well, well, no, I mean, this guy said he liked Pyromania, but he said High and Dry was better. Well, you don't say fuck Pyromania, though. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you know, you know what I mean, though? I mean, he was like... He's like compared to he he thought that was even more raw. This was like a old school type guy, and uh, and I was like, ah, yeah, maybe I'll check that out. For whatever reason, I didn't. I never actually got high and dry till I would say early nineties. Oh my god! Well, because I, I I loved Pyromania so much, but I was so turned off by Hysteria that I just gave up on Death Leopard altogether. You know, I was just like, ah, oh, fuck this. And I moved on, you know, and at a time, you know, when I was listening to all the fucking cock rock, I, I still hated Death Leopard, so that tells you how bad I thought of Hysteria. But you like women, right? Uh, uh, yeah, not the species, but the song. Yeah, I was about I, to say, I, uh, Pyro, uh, Justin hates women. I'm not sure what he feels about that song, though. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but I, I didn't get this until the early 90s. But then when I got this, it kind of, it made me fall in love with, with uh, Death Leopard again, you know. I'm like, oh, let me give him another fucking chance, you know. Because it was one of those, oh, a great album and then a shit album. And, uh, you know, but oh my God. Now I would say, I mean, spoiler alert, there's probably, I don't know. I, I don't know. There's something about pyromania and like when it came into my life and what it means to me. That almost makes that my favorite, but I'm, I'm tempted to say this is a better album. I don't know. It's fucking neck and neck, man. I, I, I love these two. And I, 
I love On Through the Night as well. I mean, I really do. But to me, it's it doesn't even come close to high and dry in Pyromania. But I don't think there's... I don't, I, I'm hard-pressed for a band other than Van Halen that was this great and then turned into something so fucking shitty. All right, man. You ready to, go, ready to fucking smoke this shit? Yes, sir. All right, man. Go ahead. You take track one, my dear. Track one. When Let it first. go. Let it go. Whoa. What the fuck, man? Where did this shit come from? This shit is awesome. Yeah, you know, I almost forget how great this band was. You know, because they, they leave such a bad fucking taste in your mouth. But you throw this out, man. This song comes on right off the bat. Holy fucking shit. Uh, the first single off the album, but uh, it went nowhere. Uh, backed with the instrumental, Switch uh, 625. You know, I, I think about all the other music that came out in 81, man. This was just like, wow. Wow, this was so fucking cool and hard rocking for that time. And, you know, this is the same year Fair Warning came out. And uh, the, the Elder. For those uh, about to rock, Point of Entry, right, Killers. Right, right. Oh, yeah, and The Elder. Uh, Hell yeah, The Elder. That shit rules. So I, I, didn't, I didn't listen to it anymore. Yeah, of course not. You're too busy listening to good shit like this. I was listening to rock, rock stuff. <laughs> this, this is Death Leopard at their fucking best. Peak! And, and I don't know... I don't know why they turned their back on fucking hard rock and metal the way they did. But, uh, but man, at this time, there's no doubt that they were a hard rock band. Uh, you know, I mean, they weren't like metal, metal, you know, it wasn't like Iron Maiden or fucking Black Sabbath or Judas Priest. But, I mean, it was right there with, like, you know, Van Halen and, you know, Billy Squire and all the shit that was, like, fucking, you know, kicking ass in, in 81, you know. Uh, but, man... Let it go. What a way to start off the album. Let you know that uh, you know they're back, and and what a transfer from the first album. As much as I love on through the night, I mean now you got Mutt Lang on your fucking side, uh, which usually uh, never hurts. But uh, he just took this band, and and on, on this and the next album, did perfection with them. You know. Uh, absolutely love this. Great way to start off. What do you think of Let It Go, Ralph? Rockin' motherfucking song, man. And since you weren't around, you would never understand how this was heavy metal back then. Yes, I agree. It's not heavy metal now because heavy metal has morphed into something completely different. Though, you know, it, 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 listening back to all this shit, yeah. You know, Iron Maiden's heavy metal. Judas Priest is heavy metal. This is not heavy metal now. But back then, ACDC was heavy metal. Van Halen was heavy metal. All that shit was labeled heavy metal back then. The media labeled it heavy metal. The fans labeled it heavy metal. <clears throat> but yeah, it's definitely hard rock. And something that was so special back then that, of course, by the time you came into music, it became so saturated, it's unnoticeable, was the same rock in a song. Just to say rock in a song was fucking killer. 
Not a lot of, you, you can't really fucking name a lot of songs that said rock, you know? And this one, let it rock, let it roll. And, and the vibe, the, the whole, you know, the, the, the verses where it, you know, it starts off fucking heavy with the fucking And then when it goes into that fucking, that verse where it just slows down, but it's still like, you know, it's got that good tempo with the bass and fucking Joe Elliott like laying it down smooth like a fucking pimp that he fucking, before he was castrated and then fucking now he starts fucking going going into that bridge and fucking that raspy Brian Johnson-ish voice. See, one thing about Def Leppard back then before Pyromania hit, people were into it, but it wasn't really big, and a lot of people did call them an ACDC ripoff fan. A lot of people. Oh, they, they, they ripped off ACDC. That's total ACDC. Because, you know, Brian Johnson has, uh, has uh, Joe Elliott has Brian Johnson-esque voice, because back then nobody really sang rough like that. Except for Brian Johnson. The music was not that far of a total departure of ACDC. It is very riff-oriented, though. They did a little, you know, twist and turns that ACDC didn't do. But, you know, you know, you're like shit like high and dry. That's total ACDC. But anyway. And the fucking smoking solo from Steve Smoking Smith. What was, he, what was his name? Steve Smoking Clark? Steaming. Steaming. Steaming Clark. And then, like, in Pyromania, he became steaming, too, but in a different way. And fucking, uh, yeah, dude, what a lead-off track. What a great fucking opener. This is one of the top greatest Def Leppard songs ever. And it, it, it is aged so well. You know, unlike your mom's blowjobs. Uh, uh, you figure, you figure after all these years, you know, you wouldn't feel teeth. But goddamn, I hear those, 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 those dentures fucking, I feel them. Anyway, so fucking, uh, yeah, dude. What a great opening track. Let it go. Fucking rules, rocks. It lets it rock, it lets it roll, and it lets it go. And it's like, dude, and these guys were like caged animals. They really were, man. They were really out there to make a mark. And at this time, they were so fucking hungry. And, you know, and, and Pyromania, they were still hungry. Oh yeah, well I'll I'll bring this up when we get to the song, but uh, there there is a shift in popularity with this album, where it really came out of the underground before Pyromania came out. Not that long before Pyromania came out, because this was a slow grower. I don't think this album even went gold until uh, much later. I know it was like this was dude, Def Leppard was one of those bands that if you were in the inside you knew about them, you know, because it didn't set the radio on fire until a little later. Before Pyromania, this did somewhat blow up, but Pyromania like took it to the stratosphere. Uh, am I, is it platinum? It, it is now double platinum. Okay, but it was not even gold. I'm telling you, I, I'm telling you that shit went gold after Pyromania, it must have. Oh, 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 definitely, definitely. Then that's why they re-released it after the success of Pyromania in 84. But Pyromania, did have a little head start because of High and Dry, and I'll explain to you why. They were known. By the time Pyromania came out, people knew Def Leppard, but they didn't know him. Like when they were opening for Ozzy and all that shit, they were still very under the radar, man. But uh, it goes into the next track, another hit and run. Ooh, boy. Yeah, no stopping here. And you know what I love about this record, which I'm not really a big fan of, 
I like I like when a song ends to have like a couple seconds before the next song kicks in. This album is not that way, dude. This album is like right when the song ends and a fucking less than a second the next song kicks in. And I think it works on this shit. And here's another heavy duty, you know, keeping the pace going, the locomotive going with another hit and run. Oh man, a song that survived the set list all the way up to Hysteria. And uh, smoking track, kicking ass, dude. Another hit and run. It's like, it's an appropriate name because it's like, dude, we just slapped your, we, we just slapped your bitch ass with Let It Rock. Now we're gonna fucking hit and run and hit you with fucking hit and run. Bam, 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 bam. Double bam. And Pete Willis is fucking godly. Without him, Def Leppard is castrated. Yes, Pete Willis had a lot to do with his, uh, uh, pyromania. Thank you. What do you think of him, Ryan? Oh, I fucking love it. And it starts off with two-handed drumming. You know, with it. You know, just riding that cymbal, you know, and, and, and then hitting the, the snare. I fucking love that. That dual guitar. And, yeah, and you know, you know, I feel so bad for for picking on you know Death Leopard for sticking with Rick Allen uh, because it, it is one of the most commendable things ever to stick by your brother after something like that. But it did kill the band because once you start having robot drums, if you don't have a fucking a solid fucking drummer in your band, you don't have shit. If you got a shitty drummer, you got shit. And if you got a guy playing computer drums, and I give this motherfucker all the respect in the world for not like, I mean, he very easily could have jumped in a bottle and fucking, you know, offed himself or did something like that. And he did the, the opposite, you know, and relearned how to play computer drums and everything. And t to that, man, I, I, I take my hat off and I feel bad for all the jokes I've made in the years. But man, did it affect the sound because... You can't do on the computer what this kid did on the drums on this album. And and just the way this song starts, man, you know, and, and like you brought up, the great guitars on this. One of the best songs they've ever, ever fucking done. Absolutely love another hit and run. Man. Hallelujah! Well, let's, let's go into the title track. You want to take this one? Sure, why not? Uh, Saturday Night High and Dry, or High and Dry Saturday Night. This is like such a party tune. This is, you know, I, this was an album too that, you know, when Pyromania hit big and shit, this shit, somebody would throw in High and Dry at a party. Like around the time that fucking uh, uh, Pyromania was already out. That, the, the whole party, it was party time, man. You know, we weren't, we weren't uh, saturated yet with cock rock. We didn't know, you know, all that, you know, party party you know this and that we only had like fucking Van Halen was like the ultimate party band but you know not not other not, there wasn't a lot of other bands singing about partying you know you had your you know ZZ Top with beer drinkers outrageous but that you know that that was never considered metal but uh you know I didn't have a drink on me and Bon Scott and shit but it was a rarity there wasn't you know it was only a handful of bands that would sing songs like this and this is like the ultimate it's Saturday night let's get fucking drunk Let's get fucking lit. Let's fucking and these and let me tell you something. Def Leppard were notorious for drinking. Blackie Lawless once said, 
Man, De- what was the quote he said? He goes, uh, you know, to say uh, to say that Def Leppard are hard drinkers is like calling King Kong a monkey. <laughs> That's exactly what he said. Because those boys know how to fucking drink. I mean, so much so that fucking Pete Willis had to be left. He had to leave, man, because he's a pint-sized guy that would drink more than pint-sized, you know. Well, you know, here's the thing, you know, you, fuck it, if you're from Europe, your beer kicks the living shit out of American beer. These motherfuckers, and, these motherfuckers, beer and, is too light for them. And, and I'm not, I'm not even saying taste-wise. I'm just saying like alcohol-wise. Right. Like, like what they got compared to what we got, fucking vanilla bullshit Christian jackoff, fucking soda pop, man. Compared to fucking English fucking beer. So yeah, I mean, if they were already partiers there, they come over here. It's like Superman shit, you know. It's like you know, they got superpowers. Fucking a Death Leopard. Yeah, yeah, high and dry, dude. Saturday night. High and dry. High and dry. I got my whiskey. Got I my got woman. my wine. Oh, I got my wine. This time tonight, I'm going out. Did such a fucking anthem it really was i mean dude seriously you listen to this now and it kicks ass and everything yeah i want to drink but dude back then for us you gotta remember i wasn't of age yet of drinking i was underage drinking at this time and uh yeah dude listening to this shit drunk at that age shit listening to shit drunk right now you know fucking put a charge up my ass and and dude i mean and I would also have to equate you in my little generation, even though you came much later, but you were still part of the 80s. And the okay. 80s still had that innocence. See, we, oh, were, yeah. we were raised with Ronald Reagan. We were oh, raised yeah. with the PMRC. We were raised with, yes. with you know, because by the time 90s came in, you know, you had your grunge, and, and grunge would look down on that and make it into a joke. Yeah, I mean, we already had AIDS by 90. Well, at least I did. Right. You know? Yeah, well, I know. And, and you're like Magic Johnson. You're still alive. You actually yeah. do have a Magic Johnson. That's right. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Fuck yeah, AZT, yo. <laughs> but, I'm just the, I'm just the carrier. <laughs> hey, dude, I'm exactly as drunk as I wanted to be during this review. Yes! Bam, bam, bam. Oh, Bill Wang, you hear me? No, he doesn't. He's not on this episode. I, I, I mean, you hit the nail on the head though in the 80s uh you know there was an innocence and it was like teenagers gathered around a car stereo you know like parked somewhere and partying oh yeah state road nine down here in south florida baby okay i'm sorry i'm I'm, I'm cutting you off because i'm very drunk i shall grab some duct tape go ahead Ian. yeah but i mean know the ritual you would cruise around with your friends and you would jam this shit but it would get to a point where you would park and then you know everybody would be sitting on the hood or the trunk and the car stereo would be blaring and everybody's got a beer and everybody's having fun and somebody would break up with the girlfriend somebody would hook up with the chick everybody somebody's getting laid oh yeah it was just, it was just a fucking a party atmosphere. It wasn't, nobody was shooting nobody. Yes, there would be some drunken fights, 
but it would be fist fights. But I, I mean, it was like it was a culture. It was like the weekend culture where everybody got away from their parents, and you were still young, still teenagers, but you got away. You felt like you were adults. You put on some fucking hard rock, and it was a party. It was a party like you wouldn't believe. If you weren't there, I pity you because it was a special time. And this was special mute. And this was the soundtrack to that party. Um, I fucking love this song. And you know, it's funny you, you mentioned the PMRC. This song is on the Filthy 15. Really? There you go. That, that really Saturday Night High and Dry is part of that too. Yes, because it was considered because it was promoting getting. I'm high. You oh know? shit! They had a point there. You know, uh, but just from him screaming that. Uh, made it part of the uh, this was selected as part of the the filthy 15 by the PMRC you know which you know Prince was on there and fucking Priest and all kinds of shit yeah Prince sang a song about masturbation ooh how, how bad yeah but while Prince fans were sitting at home playing with themselves we were sitting on and I love Prince but I mean I I very much very much remember uh you know, like the car culture where I grew up. You know, there was an area called the Square where the teenagers every Friday and Saturday would drive around a certain area of town and then they would park and people were blaring, you know, who had the loudest stereo. But it wasn't like... <clears throat> no, it was fucking... It was hard rock. It was like, who, who could blare hard rock the loudest? And, you know, who had that, like... Who had that bottle of Jack, you know? Who had the beer, you know? And it was a fucking party. It was... I I, I really do. I, I feel so sad for kids today because you couldn't do what we did without somebody getting shot, you know, without the cops showing up, you know? But it was different in our era, you know? It was, it was a fucking party, and it was so fucking awesome. And shit like this was the soundtrack, man. I fucking love this. This is, this is probably my favorite track on the album. Uh, just because that riff alone. That riff is just fucking amazing. Probably the best riff Death Leopard ever fucking did. Maybe... I mean, that's like some smoke on the water shit. I mean, it's that primal, that fucking awesome... And, you know, it's weird. It's weird for me to be this excited talking about Death Leopard. But there was a time, people. There was a time. Especially for people who came, you know, like, after Hysteria. Like, you wouldn't believe there was a time when Death Leopard was, like, really cool. But this time, man, they were fucking cool. They were fucking awesome. This music was killer. Uh, it was something special. And it's it's unfortunately it's gone. I mean, you still have the music, but that era, that time, it's 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 long fucking gone, and it's sad. I'll fucking miss it. Yeah, because you know, here's the thing. You know, this was so cool back then, but when the '90s came in, this was like stupid, and and you know, those shoegazers would look down on shit like this. And then you had your generation that came in at that time noticing like you know oh my heroes my you know my 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 eddie vetters and chris cornell's and you know and your kurt cobain's and you know i mean i like all that shit it still was like you know let me just sing about you know 
depression, black hole sun, and you know. Yeah. And, wah, and, wah, yeah, wah, wah. Yeah, you know, I had it bad. And, you know, but, but, yeah. but back then, you know, everybody was singing about, we had a good, let's party. And another thing, like, you know, uh, it was all taboo to party and have fun, but the ironic part is, all these grunge motherfuckers, well, most of them, as history has uh, shown, were into heroin. You know, they were like fucking, of course you're gonna be depressed if you're on that shit. You know, you're fucking killing yourself. Uh, they were looking for a bigger rush than, you know, your alcohol and weed and quaaludes and, and acid and mushrooms, you know? And uh, heroin took a lot of grunge people, you know? And, and it's, a it's a depressing drug, you know? Those motherfuckers were, were trying to be cooler than they were, you know, and, and they were rebelling against our era, but our era was so much fucking cooler. Like, they tried to make it look like it was all fluff and pussy and shit, yeah. but it was so much funner. It was way better, and you know, you know what? Being a teenager is never easy. I don't give a fuck who you are. It's never easy. It's a fucking hard time. But when we were teenagers and growing up, this music was a way to party and celebrate. And what I hated when that grunge shit took over, it was like, instead of like, you know, taking the negative and trying to have fun, it's just like, hey, let's let's magnify the negative by a thousand. Like, oh, I'm a child of divorce. Oh, oh, school sucks. Nobody understands me. It's like. Fuck you. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. And, you know, being a teenager wasn't easy when we were teenagers. No, but we... no, but here's the thing. Here's the difference, Ian. I'll let you finish. I'm sorry. Uh, but I, I, I'm just saying we made the fucking best of it. And we choose, we chose to have fun. And and I think you can see that as in we didn't shoot each other up in fucking school. Okay? We might have fights, but we didn't bring guns to fucking school. And we had fun on the weekends, and we got fucking laid. We didn't sit there and cry about it. We found hook, line, or sinker. We found a way to get laid, relayed, and parlayed. You know, we fucking, you know, one way or the something's going to stink, my dick or my finger. I'm going to find a girl. You know, I'm going to rock out. I'm going to have fun. We didn't sit there playing Dungeons and Dragons feeling fucking sorry for ourselves. We went out there. We made our fun. We didn't wait for it to fucking happen. It's like, you know, and hey, man, I love me some Soundgarden. I love me some fucking grunge. You know, some some good shit. There's some great shit musically. And, and, and just like, you know, when, you know, in my opinion, when Cock Rock turned to hair metal, yeah, it started out with some great bands, and then you wake up one day and it's Nickelback and fucking Disturbed and Godsmacked three doors down you know it's like a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy but man we had fun with our shit and there was no room for fucking self-pity it was all about let me suck on some pity yeah well here, here's my point that the advantage we did have though you gotta understand something you gotta sympathize with that generation a little bit and i'll tell you why because we had the same problems they did but we had bands like Def Leppard and, and, you know, Van Halen and, you know, party, 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 let's have a good time when all they can turn to is, Grandma, take me home. Grandma, take me home. Grandma, take me home. 
You know, it's like, you know, everything yeah. is depression and, and, and right. no self-worth whatsoever. Oh, poor, poor me. And that was their heroes. Their heroes yeah. were, were tapping into their depression in a depression way where our heroes were tapping into us. Like they were like, dude, you look at like, you know, you listen to High and Dry, like the song High and Dry. And you're, you're, you have shitty parents and you're fucking, you know, you are divorced home and fucking you're, dude, you ain't thinking about suicide. You're thinking about fucking that chick and listening to some Def Leppard with some Jack Daniels, baby. Yeah. Yeah. So we did have it good. You know, I mean, we can sit here and complain about that generation all we want, how they were, but you got to understand like, but they, they were, they, they had, look at their heroes, man. I blame uh, the music I, more than them. I, you know, I, I don't feel sorry for him because because it's a choice, man. Well, I, I mean, don't either, but I'm just saying. You, you know, you know, life is tough. Life is tough. There's no two ways around about it, you know. But you can either choose to make chicken salad out of chicken shit, or you can sit there and feel fucking sorry for yourself. And and I don't feel sorry for anybody who sits there and feels sorry about themselves, man. Get up and do something about it. If you don't like it, go have fun. I mean, you're telling me. That when this music came out, there wasn't like, you know, white trash living in trailer parks who go home and get beat by their fucking dad and shit like that. Yeah, that shit happened. But this music was an escape from that. See, that's what I love about when I came into this music, it was an escape from life. But it was a positive, fun escape, you know. And, and, you know, depressed kids look at us like, oh, it's it's faggy. Uh, that's not realistic. Life is hard. Yeah, life was hard for me too. But you know, I would listen to this music and it would take me someplace else. I would listen to fucking Motley Crue and fucking, you know, Dokken and fucking Sabbath and Kiss and Van Halen. And I would forget about this shit. It would take and it would make me want to go have fun. Now, it, it didn't make me want to go be sad and feel sorry for myself. It, want, it made me want to turn that fucking frown upside down bang a chick, get fucked up, and have fun. And that's what this music's all about. And, you know, if you choose to feel sorry for yourself, that's your fucking problem, not mine. I hear that, yo. You got it. But, you know, again, yeah, I think you're 100% right because, dude, seriously, man, and I don't know, maybe it's my ego talking, but, boy, if I was born in the 90s, I'd have that attitude. I'd be like, fuck you, Cobain. I'm going to go listen to some fucking high and dry, bitch. You know? And I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fall for that shit because, well, you know, I also had like, you know, parents that, you know, my parents uh, were when I was young, shitty, but they weren't, but they were shitty in in a way where it's like, we're gonna be shitty to you because you're a fuck up. And then what they, they installed in me was, I'm gonna show you. Now it was offhanded what my parents did to me. They didn't really think I was going to rebel against them in a good way, but I did because my whole, my whole fucking thing in life was like, I am going to make something out of myself and I'm going to show you pop because pop's always like, cut your hair, you know, he's going to shit, you know, my, you know, my dad was like, he was right in a way, but he underestimated the power of fuck because I went out there and I made something for myself. Sure. It took me decades, but now my dad is fucking proud of me. I did good. I did just what he wanted me to do. Get a fucking career job and, and benefits and all that shit. And fuck, I didn't even think I was going to get there. But I did, man, because I, I, I fucking persevered. And I thank 
Def Leppard and Triumph and Twisted Sister and Black Sabbath and Judas Priest and all that fucking music was more of a mentor to me to get where I'm going than my dad ever was. My hey, dad... But what I'm saying though, man, it, it's fucking... You took the hard route, not the fucking easy route. The hard route is to take the shit you were handed and turn it into fucking happiness. That's hard. That takes work. You know what's easy? Is to sit there and fucking cry about it and whine about it and feel sorry about yourself. That's easy. That's fucking easy. You can sit here, you know, you know, you can do whatever and then be like, well... My parents didn't understand me, and I didn't go to college. But you didn't do. You took the fucking hard route. You said, "I'm gonna be who I am. I'm gonna grow my fucking hair out. I'm gonna keep it long. I'm gonna do whatever I want to do. I'm gonna listen to the music that inspires me and be happy." That's the hard part: is to be happy in spite of all the bullshit that's going around. The easy part is feeling sorry for your fucking self like a lump on a fucking log. Exactly, and work fucking hard, because that's one thing. You know, love Reagan or not, man, back in the Reagan days, man, I was like, you better fucking work your ass off if you want to get anywhere. That's how it was when I was a kid. You're going to be a lump on the log and be depressed like fucking Coco Ben and stay on your mom's couch as your, you know, your, your, your single mom, and, and you're just going to mooch off her. You know, there's going to come a day, dude. Your mom can't fucking afford to have you anymore, or God forbid she passes away. You're on your fucking own, man. And 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 I became on my own at an early age. I went out there, and that's one thing I gotta thank my father on. My father made me work as a little kid, like yeah. slave labor. Like I had to go fucking while all the kids were having their weekend off and going to the movies. I was out there fucking helping my dad cut grass at a young age. And I'd be like, where's my money, Pops? He goes, you look up at the roof. That's your fucking money, boy. Yeah, you know? yeah your father raised a man, not a binga chain or whatever the fuck. A sapingo. A sapingo. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll tell you this right now, and this is actual solid proof of why I'm right. And I'm not going to mention my friend's name, but he's a great guy. I love him. I just spoke with him last night. He's 37 years old, still living with his parents. His mom, despicable, despicable. His mom pampers him. His dad is like a miserable, miserable prick. Every time I go in that house, he gives me a dirty look. His dad ain't happy his son's that way, but it turns out I know who wears the pants in that house. And this kid, you know, he's constantly drunk and, uh, you know, and, and he does have a job now, but fuck, he went all through his 30s, you know, until he's in his late 30s. Now he finally got a job at some fucking some Halloween shop type bullshit, you know? But uh, but still, he comes back home and uh, parties, parties, parties in his little fucking room with Misfits posters and Lady Evil, whatever, those cartoon anime all over the fucking place. My dad would not tolerate that shit. My dad would be like, motherfucker, if you're not gonna go to school, you're, out, you're, you're, you're gonna get yourself a job. Well, I fucking, I finished school and then I left that fucking house. My dad wouldn't let me bring a chick home. You know, and I was like, I can't take living under this house. But now in retrospect, looking how my father raised me actually was the blueprint for me to leave and work those shitty jobs because no job was hard enough. I knew hard work from the age of seven. So working at airports, putting tar on roofs, doing all this sh shitty fucking bullshit, 
uh, was because of my dad. What my dad installed in me, and my brother is the same fucking way. My brother, well, my brother took that military route, but still, you know, I mean, I wasn't gonna do that. I, I'm too much of a pussy for that shit. And uh, but but you know, I'm, I'm not as cool as your son. But I will tell you this, fucking uh, yeah, dude. And then when I did leave my dad's house and fucking, well, it was party time, man. I, I'd work my ass off, then come home and get fucking drunk with a bunch of chicks and all my buddies, and we listen to fucking High and Dry and you know Born Again and shit like that, and party down. It was it was the best of times and it was the hardest of times, but it wasn't the worst of times. Our, our dads were like, "Oh, you're on heroin. Oh, that sucks. Now take out the fucking trash." Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and don't come back while you're at it. <laughs> yeah. Go live under the bridge like Kurt Cobain. Down under the bridge. Oh, man. I, I'll tell you what, man. I love, I, I, I do, I love Nirvana. I love Alice in Chains. I love Soundgarden. I love all this shit. But uh, it, it's more musically than lyrically, man, because I am not into fucking self-pity. I'm not into self-pity. I'm into celebration of life and having fun. You feel sorry for yourself, that's a horrible trap for our young listeners. Very important. Hey, you feel sorry for yourself, tough shit. Nobody else gives a fuck. Your parents got divorced, nobody in real life cares. Get a fucking job. Do something. Everybody has hard shit in their life. Doesn't make you fucking special. Doesn't give you a fucking pass. Oh, oh, Justin Childers, your dad fucking raped you. I don't give a shit. Get a fucking job. At least Justin Childers has a job with his sore fucking asshole. You know? I'll give him that. He got raped by his dad. Browse in the bathroom. So yeah. So Justin Childers, right? His dad. Big homo. He used to take him in the tool shed all the time. Fuck him in the ass. Relentlessly. But Justin Childers didn't fucking cry about it. He didn't whine about it. He persevered. And he made something out of his torn asshole. That's why I love Justin Childers. Yeah. And, and, and you know, another thing, like, you know, <laughs> not, not that I'm repeating myself, but it's true, dude. You know, if you had a fucking shitty childhood in the 90s, you'd listen to fucking Jeremy spoke, and he's like, oh, man, he understands my pity. When we were kids, it's like, We'd be depressed, and we hear it like David Wallace, like, I'm drinking whiskey, there's a party tonight, and I'm looking for somebody to squeeze. And I'm like, you know what? I'd rather do that than feel uh, pity. Let me go get drunk and fuck some chicks. Yes. And, and I feel better now. So we didn't have no any veterans back then to make yes. us identify with our ministry. David Lee Roth was like, fuck your misery. Drink some Coke and have some vagina. Ow! Ow, 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 ow. Fuck yeah, Pete Willis, baby. All right, dude. It's time for me to make drink number four. I'll be right back. Yes. All right. And while he's making drink number four, I just want to remind everybody, drink responsibly. If you're listening to the podcast, grab a drink as well, but stay at home. If you have to go somewhere, use Uber. Uber. It's for drunks. That's all I got. How's it going, Ralph? Yeah, what's up? I was just talking to our audience while you were making a drink. All right, dude, another thing. 
instead of fucking even flow. David Lee Roth was like, hey, you know the mean streets man when that fucking that, that poor boy will strike his ass down. Yeah. That's right. Good Lord. Lord strike that poor boy down. They found a dirty face kid in a garbage can. We listen to that shit. We'll be like, that ain't me, motherfucker. There was no cyber bullies in the fucking 80s. It was called natural selection. Yeah, yeah. Keyboard warriors. The only keyboard warriors we had back then was somebody that would grab a keyboard and hit her across your head. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah! Yeah, you keyboard warrior. Well, on our age, it was a Casio they hit over across your head. But either way. <laughs> you Man of War fans who have no business wearing a loincloth. Hey, Man of War rules. Dude. Leave them out of this. Those motherfuckers empowered metal, man. Gloves of metal. We wear leather. We wear spikes. We rule the night. Dude, that shit was also drinking music. Fuck yeah. Put on Into Glory right after. Well, dude, they're fans now. I'm talking yeah. about us man of warriors back in the day were the real deal, yo. <laughs> no, it, it just made me laugh because uh, I, I think it was the great Chris Sinzak from Decimal Geek uh, uh, brought up a clip from, I think it was our 83 episode, where I said the biggest inspirations for power metal were uh, Rainbow, Man of War, and Virginity. <laughs> no, that's Man of War. I, I was a Man of War fan. Dude, dude, you ever heard this song from Man of War called Pleasure Slave? Uh, and now Here, here's the lyrics. Woman, be my slave. <laughs> Hell yeah, baby. That's what I'm talking about. She's waiting on her knees. She's waiting to kiss my hand. Fuck yeah, metal. You didn't hear Eddie Vedder saying that shit. Uh-uh. Pussy. <laughs> Eddie Vedder's like, oh, you got detention. Jeremy, I got the tension with Jeremy. <laughs> Fuck you, Eddie Vedder. I got a stepmom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My daddy doesn't around and my stepdad sucks. You know, Dave Mustaine was in the same boat. Look what he turned into. Okay, well, that's, yeah. bad. that's a you bad know, example. <laughs> you know what we did in the 80s? We fucked our stepmoms. That's right. Well... If I had a stepmom, man, I, that would have been a priority, let me tell you. <laughs> hey, but you fucked my mom. I guess that's close enough. Hey, that reminds me. Why don't we talk about bringing on the heartache? The fourth song on the soundtrack. Bringing on the heartbreak. Yeah, that too. Bringing on the heart. Oh, yeah, it says heartache too in the song. Though. Okay. Gypsy. You know, I heard this the other day. I heard this the other day on my, uh, you know, I listen to uh, shitty radio in my city truck because, you know, that's all I got. And uh, this song came on and, oh, man, I mean, I don't really, uh, haven't heard this album in a while. I haven't even done research for this album for this this show because it's so in my DNA. This song is so beautiful and so killer. And this is the type of ballad, type power ballad I like. And here's where I want to talk about how Def Leppard sort of exploded before Pyromania. Yes, because sir. this song yes, sir. fucking became huge on MTV before Photograph ever came out. It was... That's right. Oh, man. I feel like I'm going to... Yeah, baby. I sneezed. Yeah, love. Fuck you, germs. Yeah. Hey, 
Yeah, you're not gonna cry about it and die of AIDS. Nah, man, I sneeze because we're talking too much about Eddie Vedder, baby. Yeah, let, let those germs out. That's right, baby. All about high and dry, motherfucker. So, so anyway, fucking back in the day before, you know, Pyromania, uh, def, um, MTV really didn't have that many videos. So the videos they did have, they would repeat over and over again. So they would repeat Let It Rock as well, Let It Go a lot. And, you know, High and Dry, not that much, but it would, it would be like, but Bringing On The Heartbreak was like played all the fucking time. All the time. And it became kind of like a buzz band. So I think, I could be wrong, but I think by the time Pyromania came out, maybe it already reached gold. It, gold. Maybe it didn't. But I know everybody knew Def Leppard at, by the time Pyromania per, per, came out. Because, uh, what he was all, uh, <laughs> bringing on the heartbreak was, was a huge MTV hit. Woo! And uh, then Photograph came out, and forget it, MTV really pushed the fuck out of Photograph. Oh, man, what a glorious time. And that song, to this day, I fucking adore. It's I love it. It's love fucking it. power rock, uh, pop rock perfection. Oh, my God, I love that song. Rock of Ages, I'm a little burnt, but photograph, I never get sick. But yeah, that the fucking twin guitar and the nice mellow shit, and then Joe Elliott belting it out with the rest of the band during the fucking chorus, man, and great solo from uh, Stephen Smith. Fucking great song. I love bringing on the heartbreak. Steve, Steve Clark. <laughs> Stevens, oh, Steve, yeah, Stevens Clark. Stephen Clark. What else? Steve Smith played drums in Journey. Woo! <laughs> Journey rock too, bro. I love Stone this Journey. love. Hell yeah, that was a glorious Ooh, time. Ooh, anytime that you want me. Still she rides. Ooh, anytime that you need me to. On the wheels of fire, they rule the night. Fuck yeah, Steve Perry, baby. Yeah, fuck yeah, fuck you. Fuck you, you fucking Pearl Jam faggots that hate journeys. Kiss yeah. my fucking ass. Yeah. That's right. Thank you. All right, I like it. Uh, I like this song a lot. I love bringing on the heartbreak. What do you think? Oh, well, you know me. Uh, as much as I love the cock, I cry about the balance. But this is one of the greatest ballads of all fucking time. Wait, 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 hold on a second. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Hold, wait, on. Wait, wait. hold on, hold on. This is, okay. what you, this is for what you just said. Hell yeah, baby. Yeah. Ah, that's a power ballad right there. Fuck your every thorn has its thorns. Oh my god. Oh yeah. No, that, that's some bullshit. That's some pretender shit. And I love the pretenders. But this, Tattooed Love Boy. That's on rules. This this is the real shit, dude. This song is so fucking good. So fucking good. Oh my god, do I love bringing on the heartbreak. Uh, and uh, something I found out doing research for this album, because I do a little in-depth, just ask your mother. Yeah, she tells uh, me all the time. I hate hearing it, though. <laughs> uh... Uh, Mariah Carey did this song. Oh, God, I remember that, Travis. Really? I've never heard it. Oh, I, she she had a video for it. 
She's in a phone booth crying. Oh, it was terrible. Oh, yeah. Well, supposedly she was doing, uh, I was reading. She was doing uh, a photo shoot for this album she did called Chamber Bracelet. <laughs> and while she's doing the video, she was listening to Vault, which was a uh, Death Leopard Greatest Hits kind of thing. And uh, she's like, oh, I can do this. And uh, I, I don't even want to fucking hear it. I don't even want to fucking hear it. Because Death Leopard, man, fucking killed this shit. It was so good. It was so good. To me, this is like a, uh, like a dream on or a season's a wither. This isn't a ballad because, hey, we got to put a ballad on it. This is before that whole era happened. This is like, hey, we wrote a fucking slow rocker that is amazing and I was reading uh, Pete Willis didn't even want to play this for their manager Cliff Bernstein who also you know would go on to manage Metallica and Queensryche and a shitload of other bands uh, you know you know, Pete Willis was afraid to play this for him because he's like oh it's a ballad but uh, and even Cliff Bernstein said he goes oh this would be perfect for Bonnie Tyler <laughs> Not you guys, but he couldn't have been more wrong, dude, because, man, I mean, if Dead Leopard could do more ballads like this and less, you know, hysteria, you know, and Love Bites fucking horrible dreck fucking bullshit. When you uh, make love, do you look in the mirror? Does he look like me? <laughs> yeah, that's free grunge bullshit. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. No, no, this is the real shit right here. This is the real fucking shit. Like back in our day, when you broke up with that girl in junior high, you'd listen to this song going, Fuck yeah! That bitch! That's right. Fucking Death Flapper with that love bites bullshit. I'm all depressed about my girl. Fuck you, Rob Hofford, love bites. I want to ram it up, man ass. Fuck yeah, Rob Hofford. Yeah! That's the thing, what I'm saying about our generation. You would listen to this song, and you would, at first, you would pine for that girl that you just broke up with, or she broke up with you. But then, instead of sitting in your room feeling sorry for yourself, you'd go out and fuck her best friend. That's how you do it. <laughs> I didn't do that, that dude. That's hey, you're, you're, you're pretty low, and I don't do that shit. I'd fuck her best friend if she wasn't my girlfriend, but yeah, that's, that's different. Well, that's why I have an ex-wife. Hey! <laughs> there you go. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, her, I got no ex-wife, man. Uh, but yeah, dude, you, you go out and fucking, you know, you don't fucking cry about it. You go out and fuck somebody else. Hey, you know why I got no ring on this finger, Ian? You want to know why? Because when I was fingering the bitch, it fell in there. Yeah! Yeah! That's hot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I got to dig it back out. Because Ralph ain't got nobody. Oh, yeah. Nobody. Check out. Type in Dr. Funk Chester the Gigolo. Have you ever seen that? It's cheap. No, I'm like licking my licking and licking my asshole and sucking my cock. Something, something like go. that. You gotta hear, it. dude. You never seen it? I think so. I fucking. I like, I'm just a gigolo. I fuck a lot of hoes. All the hoes I've been laying. 
I forgot how it go, but it's something like that. Head forever dance, selling intro, oh. man. There's the one place that goes, oh, what to say. Yeah, there's a line that goes, let me go to your place. I hope you have no maze. When I started dancing, <laughs> hell yeah, baby. Doctor fuck in the house. <laughs> See, Eddie better write lyrics like that. Fuck you. <laughs> it's unfortunate. I ain't hung like a nigger. No. Life goes on without me. Oh man, I gotta, I gotta fucking listen to those lyrics again. When the end, I know it goes. Uh, I think it really blows when a chick tells me no. Fuck to all the prick tees. <laughs> yeah, baby, Doctor Fuck lyrics. Yeah, that's right. Available Ace Ace Hardware True Value, Walgreens. That's right. I got your hardware right here, baby. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Vieira Hardware. Hubble up, Zebula. Just a gigolo, I fuck a lot of hoes Loads of cum I'll be spraying Take on every chance to take off their pants Mmm, I'll be laying Eating every day at the vagina buffet Blue, it hurts so much when I pee I think it really blows when a chick tells me no Death to all the prick teens I'm just a gigolo, from my head down to my toe Listen, bitch, to what I'm saying You got me in a trance, with those huge implants Wondering how much they're weighing Let's go to my place, I hope you have no maze When I started dancing, cause the end comes I know I was just a gigolo Get down on your knees, cuz On your knees you drop, suck my cock Sucking my balls and sucking my cock. I ain't got nobody. 
Clark. Fuck yeah. Oh my god. What a fucking song. And you know, as I was listening to dance, like, man, I could envision like, you know, lyrics and a chorus and everything to this, but it's perfect like it is. You know, it just it is so fucking awesome. So fucking hard rocking. And you know, like the death lever that people know nowadays would never do anything like this. There would never be an instrumental. You know, and nothing as hard rocking as this. This is fucking killer. One of my favorite tracks on the album, and what a way to end side one of this fucking awesome album. What do you think, Ralph? Yeah, dude, the song fucking rocks. You know what my favorite part is, dude? It's like every part's my favorite part, but the part that I really fucking love when it goes ah! like. To- yeah, when it goes toward you, it's like, banana, ah, banana, ah. That's so British and cool and fucking, dude. Hey, man, you gotta say, dude. Other than Van Halen, man, the Brits, bro. Come on, bro. The Brits are badass. No, no that that's like Queen. If Queen got pussy, ah. Yeah, yeah, Queen kicks ass. Fuck you. Anyway, so you know, um, uh, yeah, dude. Switch, whatever. I I never know the. It's like, dude, I'm really not. I'm really not good when I get like a, a combination lock. I never remember the numbers. So I, how am I gonna remember the numbers of this fucking thing? So yeah, I love that. I love this fucking song. It's a great instrumental. Awesome way, awesome segue out of uh, bringing out the heartbreak. Awesome way to fucking a bombastic ending to side one where you hear this song, you're like, I can't wait to flip this motherfucker over. Yeah, and that's what I did. Every fucking time. Dude, this is an album that I bought like three times because I would wear it out so much. And then you flip it over and then you got like a song that I don't think's ever been played live but fucking rocks, man. I, I flipped your mother over and it smelled like the same hole. I gave up. Yeah, that's one thing I'll give your mother. At least she douches. <coughs> you flip this motherfucker over and here's a fucking inspirational tune with any of those fucking chicks. Not your like fucking... It's like, you got me running. I can't take you no more. Get out the door. Yeah, man. Positive lyrics about kicking those stupid bitches out of your life that give you fucking just nothing but 
turmoil and bullshit. Fuck that. When you make love. No, no, get the fuck out the door. You got me running. It's a kick-ass track. I don't think it's ever been played live. And that's a goddamn shame. I love, love, love this song. I think it's a great intro or the, or the first great first track on the, on the second side. Slamming tune. I loves it. You? Oh, fuck yeah, I love it. Great way to start it off, man, because, you know, the way, you know, first side ends, it's like, oh, my God, what a way to pick it back up. And, uh, you know, it, it's not a single track, but it's an album track. Man, that shit, it was important in 1981, and it's important now to have these album tracks. You know, that aren't, you know, it's not the catchy sing-along song, but it's, it, it, it's the glue that holds the album together, and and that's what you got me running is, man. It's fucking glue, and it's glue you can fucking sniff and fucking get high, and oh, it's so important. I fucking love this song. Uh, yeah, I can see why they don't play it live now, because it fucking kicks ass. I don't think play, it's ever been played live. They play shit like fucking, you know, Hysteria. Oh, God, but no, you got me running. I Man, feel I, the miracle, the miracle, when you get that, when you get that feeling right up your asshole, up your asshole. Yeah, yeah, that, that shit, Jesus Christ, that, that shit's terrible. We're, we're talking about an album here in 1981. Yeah. Where now, you've gone through five songs on side one, not a fucking bum note, not a missed fucking song. And then now you flip that motherfucker over, be it the cassette or the vinyl, and you've got a song like You Got Me Running that just gets it fucking running again. You hear six songs in a row, not a bum fucking song, not a skipper in the fucking bunch. I love it. You Got Me Running kicks ass. Ralph, what do you think of the next song, Lady Strange? Tied for my all-time favorite Def Leppard song of all time, Period. Wow. Taking love from you is like taking candy from a baby. Da -da -da, ba -da -da -da. This song was, I don't th I don't know if it was debuted, but this song was played on the On Through the Night Tour when they played the Reading Festival. They said, we got a new songs called Lady Strange, and they did it. It's a little different. They, they changed a little parts of it. But it still kicked ass back then as it does now. What a fucking track. And uh, oh my god. And 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 dude, it's like it's so hard rocking and but then it goes into that part with Oh my god, that middle section is what fucking says, oh yeah, this one goes to the top of my Def Leppard list, his greatest Def Leppard song ever. Well, it's actually tied with another song from this album. Uh, my favorite, my two favorite Def Leppard songs are tied, and they're from High and Dry, and we haven't talked about it yet. But yeah, Lady Strange, holy mackerel and cheese. This motherfucker is a badass tune, badass riffage, badass lyrics, badass fucking everything. I love Lady Strange. What a great fucking Def Leppard opus. Thank you. Well, I concur, my good man. Uh, 100% perfect 80s fucking cock rock. What? You, 
Yeah, you might not like that that title I give that song, but I fucking love this shit. I know and your stupid definition of cock rock, and even your stupid definition doesn't apply to this song. Once again, Pete Willis saves the fucking day. Uh, man, you can really... The ones that he's involved in are always my favorite. Well, I'd say there, there's there's an exception on this album. Uh, my number two song he, he hasn't co-written, but man, Pete Willis had a flavor and a style all his own, and, and this band was definitely better off when he was, you know, I'd rather see, you know, ugly-ass Pete Willis with a shirt on than Phil Collins with a shirt off. I'll say that much. Sloppy-ass guitar player. Uh, but no, man, I fucking love Lady Strange. And, and then here you go. Now it's track seven. <coughs> Tra- track seven. Not one bad fucking song. I mean, all of these. I mean, not one fucking skipper. How many albums, really, that we review here, you know, have, have Ralph and I agreed that we're this deep in the fucking album and like, oh, that's a fucking winner. That's a fucking winner. That's fucking great. Here we're doing it with Death Leopard. Yeah, a band you would never, you know, most people would, would scoff at even the thought of like, oh, they're talking about Death Leopard. No, it was a different beast in 1981. And this album is way different than what they would become. Lady Strange is fucking amazing. But then it goes on to On Through the Night, which is, you know, kind of odd. You know, you've seen this a couple of times. I mean, Led Zeppelin did it with House of the Holy. You know, have, have a title track released after an album they've already had come out. On Through the Night is fucking amazing. This is a band on fucking fire. And, and for a band of guys that, you know, Ralph mentioned earlier, how young these guys were. To keep throwing out classic track after classic fucking track. This one was written by uh, Steve Clark, Rick Savage, and, and Joe Elliott. And I fucking love it. Love it. It could have fit good on, on On Through the Night, but it fits perfect right here. Once again, this is the glue that holds this perfect fucking album together. Uh, great fucking track. What do you think, Ralph? What are we talking about? After the Night, the song, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, like I said, this is what opened the fucking uh, show. Great fucking track. Least favorite song on the album. Wow. Great fucking track. Oh, okay. no, I ain't got nothing bad to say about the album except that. If I had to pick my least favorite, it'd be this one, but this one. Ooh. I mean, rules. Great opening. Dun, 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 dun. And you know, and you know, you gotta see the, the, the connection Def Leppard was trying to do with Led Zeppelin. Cause look at the name, Def, Led, Leopard, Zeppelin. You know, it's like two P's in the second word and, and, and three letters in the first word. And then Led Zeppelin had House of the Holy, yeah. but House of the Holy was on physical graffiti. So they kind of like did that. Yeah. I, and I, and, I, and, I, and I they even it. tried to kill their drummer, but he survived. Well, oh, Led Zeppelin tried to, yeah, they, 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 they served him too many vodkas, huh? No, I know, I'm saying Led Zeppelin's drummer died, and they tried to kill their drummer, but he survived. Ah, and they kept him. Maybe yes. they, they would have kept uh, John Bonham if he dodged that, that vodka and tonic. There you go. 
Anyway, yes, I love On Through the Night. No one can stop me now. It's just such a smoking track, you know, and, it, and I think it's fucking great. I, I, you know, I'm just saying, you know, I just had to bring up something negative about the album because there's nothing negative about it, but, you know, this is one of those albums where I can actually say, okay, this song rules, but I don't like it as much as all the other songs, but I still love it. All right, well, I respect your opinion. Yeah, baby. But uh, I'm going to take the next track because it is my second favorite song on the album, Mirror, Mirror, in parentheses. Take a look into my eyes. eyes. Damn it, what you see. Oh, my God. Mirror, Mirror. Holy shit. Uh, Most bands would be lucky if this was, like, their biggest hit. And this is kind of a forgotten song for Death Leopard. I mean, not to the true fans, but I was like, oh, my God. Uh, you know, how is this not, like, on every set list? How is this not a single? I mean, this song is just so... I mean, this this is a perfect song. There's not one thing to bitch about about this song. If There's just that... The only nodge that makes this number two is the riff for high and dry and because if it wasn't for that because to me that's like a, a Tony Iommi-esque smoke on the water kind of like just a perfect a, a primordial I mean there's nothing like technical about high and dry but it's just like that you know but it's totally that song but mirror mirror is right fucking there. This song is so fucking good. I mean, so fucking good. It's absolutely fucking amazing. Uh, I, I can't I can't say enough good about Mirror Mirror. Uh, and if we have any listeners here that, you know, you made it this far just because you're a fucking, you know, an Uber Rock and Metal Combat podcast fan, but you're not a Death Leopard fan, and you're like, eh, I'm just listening because these guys are funny. Stop this shit right now. Go on YouTube. Mirror, mirror, Death Leopard. Oh, well, make sure you listen to the fucking album track because they fucking did this shit in recent years, and it's fucking terrible. What? Yeah, there's live footage of them doing this, like, I don't know, a few years ago, and it's fucking terrible. It's like, dude, uh, don't play this. Please, don't, don't, don't do this. You know, oh. like, you know, where, where Joey Allen goes, take a look into my, tell me what you see. Now he goes, tell me what you see. Like, he does it in this, like, uh, fake falsetto voice, because he can't do those notes. Tell well, me. Well, yeah, that, that, that's like, you know, uh, I think it was uh, Jim James Schwartz, uh, you know, hearing me talk about how much I love fucking stage fright. And he's like, oh, they played it on the recent tour. You got to check this out. And I listened to it, and it was just like, Ugh. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's the thing that, you know, like, people always complain about, oh, well, David Lee Roth's voice sounds like shit now. And, you know, there's certain things like sometimes Dave will hit bum notes, but Dave is just such the consummate performer that even, like, when the vocals aren't there, the presentation, the way he does just Dave makes it shine. I, I mean, Dave pulls it off somehow turns chicken shit into chicken salad. But what I've seen with Joe Elliott, it's like, ooh, Joe Elliott just sounds bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, he doesn't have the 
the persona that Dave has, or this, you know, there's something other that that can overcompensate for where you might not be what you used to be. It just sounds shitty. And w when I saw this footage of him doing stage fright, it's just like, oh, I, I, I mean, I didn't even get mad. I just felt sad, you know. But I didn't write a Pearl Jam song about it. I went on with my life and I got laid. Yeah. Well, there is also live footage of him doing uh, Mirror Mirror in 83 in Toronto where he fucking nailed it. So, nice. But, you know, it's just listen to studio track. And then but, yeah, but, but, yeah, I mean, I mean that, that's what I'm getting at, you know, because if, if we do have some new listeners on, the, on this episode that aren't familiar with it, yes, go on YouTube, check out the studio track because, man, it does not get much better 80s rock than this song. I mean, it, it's, it's a flawless track in my opinion. What do you think, Ralph? That fucking riff. And then it, like, expands like, whatever it does in the middle. Oh, my God, dude. Tied for my all-time favorite Def Leppard song of all time. Lady yes. Strange and Mirror Mirror. The best fucking Def Leppard song back to back. Not on the song, Out Through the Night's in the Middle. Maybe that's why Out Through the Night, I would say... You know, maybe if Andre Knight was after that, man, that would have been fucking a wicked one-two punch. My two favorite Def Leppard songs back-to-back. -back. God damn, do I love this song. Mirror, mirror, just looking in the eye glance. I just love the vocal melodies. That The riff is what sells me, dude. Damn, the way he just sang that, my pants fell off. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm really good. Sing better than high. Joey does now. That's anyway, right. but fucking, yeah. And that riff, dude. But fucking, yeah! Oh my god. And uh, that solo, dude, and the fucking. Oh, and the way they, 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 they used that same riff later and they made it into something else while still using the guts and the meat of that riff. And the last scream, like, yeah! Oh man, Oshevich. Do I love me some fucking Mirror Mirror? Oh my God. This is the shit. I actually put this on my Facebook the other day, like on my walls, like, oh man, because it came on, it, this song came on my iPod Shuffle, which I always listen to while I'm driving around. And I was like, oh fuck, Mirror Mirror. Man, turn this shit up. It's got an ooze, a vibe. It's just fucking like, like if the Fonz wrote a song, dude. It's that Yo, fucking good. Hey, sit on it. That's right. That's what I do. I sit on that mirror and I let it cut up my ass and enjoy it. Bleeding the fucking rock. I love Mirror Mirror. It is my favorite Def Leppard song with Lady Straight. I can't pick which one's better. So I just let them sit on top of all that other fucking sugar love bites garbage. Thank you very much. And, uh,. Good night. Try the veal. Fuck yeah. Now we go into the last track. All right. Yes, here we sir. Go. Here we go. Yeah, I don't know if this is a regular but this song is called No, No, No. Oh, yes. More not like to be, not yeah. to be confused with the Kiss song. No, no, no. Or deaf or deep purple. But let me tell you something, man. No, no, no is more like yes, yes, yes. This song fucking rocks. And then you hear that guitar going, 
fuck, dude. And the fucking drum beats, like, hitting that shit hard. She was a rock, rocker, rock, roller, arms on sex machine. Oh, my God. Joe Elliott is fucking killing it in this song. As well as the whole other band. It's just fastest track on the album. Smoking fucking song. What a way to end the album. And I don't know if you ever owned it on vinyl. Oh, but, I know where you're going. But if you used to have a record player that you had to get up and pick up the needle and put it back on, you had to do it to this album. I mean, because if you don't, it continuously goes, no, 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 no. It does it till infinity unless you go and pick up the needle from your record player. Yes. And that and is so cool. And, and on the cassette, it would do it for, I believe, uh, 46 times. And on the CD, like three or four. Yeah, on the CD, and, it fades out quick. And, and Well, the, these are on early releases. You know, like on the original vinyl, that's where you get the, you know, it keeps going. And on the original cassette, you get the 46 no, uh, no's. But uh, then on later releases, it would slowly fade out into silence. But I, I think they should have kept it that way because that's kind of cool. But even though I will say this is my least favorite song on the album. That doesn't surprise me. You don't like like a real kick-ass rock and shit. Well, he, here's the thing, though. I, I, I love how fast and heavy it is. But to me, there's just some, there's something uh, like undercooked about it. And, and, and again, I do not hate this song. I'm not bitching about this song. I'm just saying, if I had to pick one, it's like how you feel about On Through the Night. You do not hate On Through the Night. It's just your least favorite. But that saying, you still like it. I still like No, 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 No. I just think out of all the other songs, this one could have been flushed out, flushed out a little bit more. Uh, but I, I, I love, like, the, you know, the fast, like, yeah... But I don't think it. I don't think the song structure is good as, as the other songs. But I still love it. Just look at it as like how you look at On Through the Night. You still love On Through the Night. I still love No No No. Yeah, but On Through the Night's not on your cook, bro. No, it's not. It's. Oh my God, dude! That riff is busy and killer and right in the fucking pocket. Pete Will is fuck yeah. I, I well, I don't know if it's that or if it's the chorus. There's just something about this song that doesn't grab me as as much as the rest. But the the, the fastness and the ferociousness of it, I love. But I just think they could have done something a little bit more with this one. No, neither uh, is it is. I, I want you to like, like, like it. I like, like the way it is. Look, I'm saying I'm not. I I, I love every song in this album. I love I'm just glad song. you weren't mixing the album. All right. All right, well, here's one thing we do need to talk about. After the stellar success... Oh, no, we're going to go there. Yeah, after yeah. the stellar success of uh, Pyromania in 1983, which, yeah. you know, 80, you know, Pyromania is almost like a 1982 album because it came out in January of 83. Well, it was held back. It was You're an right. album that was supposed to be out uh, around November-ish, but they, they something happened and they... They held it back for a couple months. It came out like around January, am I correct? Yeah, yes, January of 83. Mm -hmm. But uh, 
so so anyway, I mean, the huge success. It was kept off the number one slot from Thriller, which you know the same thing happened with fucking '84. You might as well say the number one album when Thriller was number one. Every yeah. album that was number two was a number one album. Oh yeah, Synchronicity by the Police. I Come mean, on, how much and, bigger hey, can you get than Synchronicity? Right, right. But uh, I, I mean, you know, and and that, again, that's something that you know both you and I remember and lived through was the phenomenon that was Thriller. You know, I mean, that thing just would not go away. And I, I love Thriller. I love Thriller. You know, but I mean, that thing was a phenomenon that happens once in a lifetime and hasn't happened since. Okay, so these albums that were kept off by no means is that saying they weren't fucking huge successes because they were. Uh, but anyway, after the Pyromania thing in '84, they re-released High and Dry with two bonus tracks, and the first one is a remix of uh, "Bringing On the Heartbreak." Oh my God! Which is basically just some some synthesizers added to it. Terrible. Yeah, it's uh, there was nothing wrong with the original. I think they were just trying to make it like uh, fluffy. Yeah, yeah, they were trying to fluff it up. So, you know, it's like uh, I mean, the best way I could I can, you know, uh, uh, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? But anyway, it's shit. like, well, no, not 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 shit. But what Blast I'm saying is me. like, okay, like like uh, Billy Idol. Billy Idol was hard rock. But there was also a lot of synthesizers and, like, uh, you know, shit that made it more post-punk, kind of new wave-ish. And that's what they tried to do with this. You know, it's, it was like a Billy Idol version, you know, just like add some more bells and whistles so girls would get into it. And that's what they were aiming at, is girls and men who like Pearl Jam, you know, <laughs> could, could, could get into this. Uh so I mean there it is nothing beats the original and you can tell because they've done like so many greatest hits and you know compilations and stuff and when they do that they always use the original version not the remix version the remix got a backlash dude when I was around yeah people hated it I hated it in that stupid ass video Right, but what it was though is it was an attempt to to bring a, a different audience. It was trying to, to make them in every band for everybody, which is what they would do with Hysteria. I mean, maybe they would... what they were trying to do was get like more Pyromania fans to buy High and Dry that haven't yet. Right, but you know, but they were trying to entice it to make it more about the times. And... Which that is out of print, by the way. Thank God. Yes. Uh, but a very important thing that it did add, and yes, now when you buy it, it doesn't have these two bonus tracks. Yeah. But they do have the B-side from the original Bringing on the Heartache single, Me and My Wine. I have which... never heard the B-side. Because I believe, I could be wrong, didn't they re-record it for that B-side? I mean, no, no. No, no, what, I, what I'm saying is Me and My Wine was the B-side to bring it on the heartache, yeah, the original single. But I never heard Me and My Wine from the B-side. I believe it's different than that version. 
Uh, oh, oh, yes, yeah, yes, you're right. Both of them are remixes. I'm sorry. I've never yes. heard uh, "Me and My Wine," or and I would love to hear it because I like "Me and My Wine." I I love "Me and My Like, okay, if I had my druthers, I would take off "No, No, No" and put on "Me and My Wine" because yeah. I, I I I think it's a better song. You're fucking insane. It's a but good song, the, though, but no. It's not even as good as On Through the Night, but it's a good song. Oh, uh, well, I, I happen to love me and my wine. I, I love it, too, great. but it's 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 not as good as fucking No, No, No. No, No, All No. Right. Well, there you go. There is our review and our opinions. The video for Me and My Wine was inspired by the show The Young Ones. Yes. Yeah. Yes. A great show. A great show. Check it out. Yes. The last time you see uh, Ten Arm Def Leppard is in that video. But, uh, man, High and Dry released July 11th, 1981. Their first collaboration with uh, Robert John Mutlang. Who did no uh, wrong up to that point. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, he really... He really did. What he did with these band with, with Death Leopard on this album, Pyromania, was amazing, and uh, he helped bury him with with hysteria. But uh, I mean, this shit is just fucking amazing. Uh, it's it right now is double platinum in the U.S., which uh, just shows you how fucked up the U.S. is when fucking Hysteria sells like almost 20 million albums and this album has only sold 2 million albums there's a problem fuck you America yes fuck you America uh, you have shit for taste uh, uh, but uh, it, it is amazing uh, Ralph and I are very much proud and huge Death Leopard fans of the first three albums fuck yeah and uh, and and there's no denying that I'll always stand up and uh, and uh, show respect for my love of those first three albums, and I know Ralph will as well. And uh, it's it's a damn shame that they didn't stay on this course because what a hell of a start! I mean, they could have been one of the all-time greats if they wouldn't have uh, got so shitty. Yeah, that is true. That is shitty. They turned shitty. All right, well, there you go, kids. Now it's time to go into Pick of the Week. Ralph, do you have a Pick of the Week? My fucking Pick of the Week is high and dry, dude. It's fucking out rules. It's my Pick of the Week. That's right. You know what I think about it? Rewind. <laughs> That's what you're doing? No, I'm telling the listener, rewind if you want to know what I feel about the album. <laughs> All right. Well, that's Ralph's Pick of the Week. High and Dry. Check it out. Yeah. All right. My Pick of the Week is an album that uh, that Ralph finally got me to listen to. Yeah, about uh, time, dude. Whatever it is. This is something that uh, Eddie Trunk has bragged about for years about how great this album is. And I never checked it out for whatever reason until Ralph said, no, you got to get that shit. It's awesome, and, isn't it? And I'm talking about the 1982 debut by Canadian band Coney Hatch. Yeah, devil, she got a devil in a deck, monkey bars. 
Hell yeah, dude. This album fucking kicks ass. Rocks, dude. That shit uh, rocks. Man, I'm so glad that that you talked me into checking this out, Ralph. Carl because... Dixon, bro. Hell of a Oh, my God. What an epic. If, and, and it's perfect. If you like shit like this, like early 80s hard rock, uh, Coney Hatch. Oh, my God. This really? Bench... Eddie Trunk knows this shit? Oh, Eddie Trunk's always talking about Cody Hatch. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, if, if you listen to his, his syndicated show, I used to listen to it every Friday night when he was live. I gave up when he wasn't live anymore. But, uh, yeah, always something to praise of this. I never checked it out. And then you're like, oh, no, dude, you need to get that. And then I listened to it, and, oh, my God, is this great 80s, early, you know, early 80s hard rock real good shit that should have been way bigger than it was but uh debut album Cody Hatch I believe it's been remastered by Rock Candy Records uh from the UK that they've done a lot of awesome remaster jobs uh so check that out if if you're looking and you still can't find the Cody Hatch album get a hold of me and I will talk to Dr. X and see if I can get you a copy can I do my impression of Eddie Trunk talking about Tony Hatch? Yes, sir. I'm sure it went something like this. Hi, it's Eddie Trunk here on the Eddie Trunk uh, show, and uh, I want to talk about, like, uh, Tony Hatch. I know them personally. They know me. You know, on my show, I talked about Tony Hatch, and you know me, 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 and Tony Hatch, and me, and me, and me, and Tony Hatch, and I know them. And, you know, I remember one time Tony Hatch, and, you know, they said, hi, Eddie Trunk. You know, they know my name because I'm Eddie Trunk. And me and me and me. That, that was what he said, right? Pretty much. And I know that. Canada. I've been to Canada. Canada knows me. Thank you. Awesome. All that right. My impression of everything. So check out Death Leopard High and Dry. UFO. And, and the... No, fuck it. UFO. Well, you gotta bring that up to you. And the debut album from Coney Hatch. Now we gotta go into Fan of the Week. And fan of the week this week uh, is Robert Irwine. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And uh, Robert is a cool bearded fan of the show. I was show. about to say, I know that. I was about to say, is that the guy with the beard? Yeah, he's a cool dude. He was talking this, about Paul Stanley earlier. He's a big Paul Stanley fan. I disagree, but I still like him. This guy has a, a beard. He has like a Slayer beard, like... Big Bushy has like a poison beard. Yeah, Robert's yeah. Robert's beard is even more metal and longer than his. That's insane. It's it, it's epic. Uh, Robert, I always enjoy you being part of the page. Uh, you know that's what we always ask for. Join it, be part of it. That's right. Post and and Robert, you've definitely done that. And I can't believe it took me this long to pick you, but now you're here. Comb that fucking beard. And enjoy being our fan of the week. Fuck yeah. Even though you think Paul Stanley is a better frontman than Rob Hoffert, you're cool in my book, man. All right. Well, let's go to the plugs. Ear Pillar, the podcasting and interview news site. To keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear, go to earpillar.com to find out what we're all about. You haven't listened to Mars Attacks podcast? What are you waiting for, man? Host Victor M. Ruiz brings you all types of hard rock and metal-based podcasts. 
you'll find everything from music based episodes interviews to series such as ultra sexy classic album series where some of your favorite musicians producers journalists and show hosts comments on the albums that push the evolutionary chains of hard rock and metal get with it and go to marsattacksradio.com to find out more listen to the rock show with gully and joe go to all the w's gully g u l l y a n d j o a .uk 8 p.m. UK time 3 p.m. Eastern The Rock Show with Gully and Joe Listen to it don't be a cunt All right Kiss Army Since 2007 you've been getting podcast The Kiss Audio Fanzine for your ears That's right it's your podcast Every month the podcast crew along with the Kiss Room brings you Kiss Talk like no one else whether it be round tables interviews with the band past and present analysis and great Kiss fun Hi this is Ace Frehley and you're listening to Podkiss Hi this is Bruce Kulick and you're listening to Podkiss The Podkiss the Kiss audio fanzine for your ears Music's most diverse podcast, starring Luke Innes, Greg Sim Bootlegs, and Mr. T from Germany. New episodes released every Saturday on Podbean, Podcast Addict, and iTunes. The True Alternative Podcast. Hey everybody, I'm Aaron and I'm Chris and we're from the Decibel Geek podcast and if you love this <laughs> then you'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com and the best thing is it's rock and roll and it's always free. Have you developed paralysis from trying to choose a movie on Netflix? Of course you have. There's too much garbage on Netflix to sift through. So join us on our podcast. We watched it for you. We watch a bad movie every week and try to determine its watchability. We watch it for you is for bad movie fans, B movie fans, underground film fans and cult movie fanatics alike. Don't miss an episode of We Watched It For You, a guide to the lesser known movies of Netflix, available on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast. All right, enjoyed this epic episode. I did. We know you did. Yeah. You- definitely know I did and we know you the listener did come back next week when we when we have in the studio with us the lost arm of Rick Allen oh fuck that shit's still around huh yes and he's he's gonna tap and uh drum and uh play for us songs that were originally supposed to be on hysteria that were twice as good because they were two handed Thank God that arm's going to be on Skype. I would hate to be around and smell that shit. That's next week on the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. Smell like Justin Shiler's breath. <laughs>